Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. This one is actually going to be a little bit different because I am doing it Q&A style. So what I basically did was did a call out on my Instagram stories for money questions. I basically said, ask me anything. Ask me about money. Ask me about mindset. Ask me about manifestation. And I put it out there and collected a whole bunch of questions that I then responded to privately in the DMs to those particular people in my audience. But I wanted to do a podcast episode on it as well to just kind of some of these questions I just thought would be really beneficial to answer in a wider space. So that's what I'm going to do today. There's a handful of questions. I'm just going to work through them one by one. And I think that this could be really helpful. Um, yeah, so this is going to be a little bit of a different episode than normal. So let's dive straight in. The first question I got was, what are some good ways to develop good savings strategies? So this particular client said that she was going to go into a new career soon and she was going to be paid about double what her current income was. I believe she was um, not had one particular job while she was finishing university. She's now going into the career that she's been studying for and she's going to be making about doubles. She was really conscious of not wanting to just like raise her income, raise her like living up to the new income levels. She wanted to talk about saving strategies. And this was kind of the advice that I gave her because I'm obviously, I'm not an accountant. I'm not like a financial planner. I'm not going to give you specific percentage this and percentage that and whatever, but here's what it came back to for me. And the advice that I gave her was that it really comes back to knowing how much it costs to run your life. And I'm not talking about like the bare minimum. I'm not talking about how much can you restrict and what can you cut out? I'm talking about living a good life, living a life where you can go out to eat a couple of times a week, where you can buy a new bra when you need one, where your bills are paid, where you're saving for your financial future, where you're investing, you know, a good life. So I was asking her, how much does she know how much it costs to run her life? And then once you have that figure, whether that's like a weekly or monthly or annual format, which, whichever way you can figure it out to, how much does it cost to run your life? Once you have that number, then you can use kind of that number to predict the rest of the things. So in Abundance Fuck School and in the Sexy Selfish Elite membership, um, all the girls who are part of that have access to my budget calculator. It's a really simple calculator to use that you can figure out if that cost to run your life is applicable in um, the income that you're currently making. So you can use a calculator like that, or you can just crunch the figures yourself to figure out how much percentage you actually need to allocate to different things like necessities, to future financial freedom, to play slash entertainment, to education and self-development, 
to savings for spendings and then kind of like what I like to call the oh fuck account. Some people like to call it like a buffer account or an emergency fund or something like that. I like to call it oh fuck. But the first step you need to do is actually figure out how much it costs to run your life. But really, it's all about the energy around your savings. I don't believe there's any one set rule for some people. You know, they're like, you should give 10% to charity and you should put 10% away and you should do this and you should do that because every different phase of life is going to have a different goal for you. Every different person is going to have different values and different priorities. So it comes back to knowing how much it costs to run your life. Do you have a savings goal? Is that savings goal like the weekly amount or the fortnightly month or whatever it is? Is that amount applicable to, you know, work within your current income or does the timeline for that saving goal need to be extended out, right? But it is all about energy around savings. You have to shift your experience with saving money so that it is something fun and sexy and exciting and aligned and without pressure or expectations or this belief that you're a piece of shit human if you can't save 50% of 15% of your income every single week like what is your energy around savings that is more important than the percentage of your savings that you're putting away Does that make sense? So I'm pretty sure there is a YouTube episode I put up about this if you want to look in more to it. And if you're part of the elite membership, we do an entire month on budgeting like a badass. In previous years, it's just been in a very general sense, like in a in a a mums and women's sense. This year we're diving even deeper into the actual business budgeting like a badass, which is going to take things to a whole new level. So that's actually like a monthly topic in the elite membership. So there's heaps of extra resources and teachings and stuff in there. But that's my advice, how to develop good saving strategies, know how much it costs to run your life, do the figures on your savings goals, and then but most importantly, shift your energy around savings and your perspective to make it something fun and sexy and exciting and aligned. All right, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> This was from a woman who asked me, where do you write down your money goals? Um, And ironically, I've just launched a journal around money mindset work and shadow work. But crazily enough for me, that is not actually where I write down my money goals in like a regular space. If the journal prompt for that day when I open the journal comes up with something like, what's your money goal for the next five years? Of course, I'm going to write it down in there. But it's different. It's not the space where I am intentionally focusing on the figures for my money goals. It's more of a shadow work journal. So that's the wealthy and winning journal. But where do I write down my money goals? So I journal on my abundance goals every single day in some way or form. It's either through affirmations that I do, it's through writing notes in my phone about what I want, my gratitude journal by the side of my bed, or the actual notebook journal that I have. So every single day in my notebooks, I am doing some type of work around my goals, my money goals, my abundance goals, where I'm going, what I'm visualizing, what I'm working towards. Specific goals for my business are always planned out in spreadsheets. I will I'll have a million Google Docs going on at one point in time because I love to be able to play with the numbers. And if you've done one-on-one coaching with me or if you've done the overflow method, I literally show you all my planners and all the spreadsheets that I use to map all this out. I'm constantly, there's always a spreadsheet up in a tab on my desktop, on my laptop, because I'm always playing with the numbers. I'm always documenting my goals. Every time a a new client joins the elite membership or a new client signs to private coaching with me, I'm straight in the spreadsheet, updating the monthly income estimates for the next 12 months. If they're in the elite, like adding that income into my planner. So I am constantly 
playing with the numbers in the spreadsheets and always aware of the multiple possibilities and tracking that analytics and data. Um, so yeah, I'm, that's where I, the majority of those type of goals come. As for family financial goals, if we're talking like, here's how much we want to invest and here's how much we need to put away for the kids, extracurricular activities, all that type of stuff is mapped out me and my husband. And it's usually in a notes section in the back of our diaries. And then it goes to our financial advisor team. And then it added onto our vision boards as well. So you can see like, if there's lots, there's not one way for me. It's not like, oh, I have a whiteboard in my room and every day I write down how much money I made. Like there's been times across my journey where I've done lots of different things to figure out what it is that works for me, that works for my business, that works for my family. Like there's some stuff, personal goals that obviously are between my husband and me and our financial advisor, whereas that doesn't need to be like as specifically organized. It, we can write that down in some notepaper and then it goes to the financial planner and she handles all that type of stuff. But for like my business income goals of, you know, we want 100 women in the elite membership. So that's what this looks like. And we want to be able to have 40 women in the next Abundant This Fuck launch. And, you know, because of that, we've got this chunk of budgeting. So that type of stuff has to be done in spreadsheets in the shared Google Drive with me and my team, because there's a lot of people that need to like check in on it and understand what's happening with it. So it's obviously a different place to focus on my business money goals than it is my personal, what I'm personally manifesting goals. So, you know what I mean? There's a couple of different parts to that question, I guess you would say. And this is the thing, if you're really new to money goals, like super freaking new, maybe this is the first podcast you've ever heard of mine. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard any money mindset work. You're like, what the fuck's money mindset, right? If this is your very beginning of your journey, if you're really new, I would suggest writing it down in a journal. And then I would suggest setting your money goals. So how much money you're manifesting, how much money your new goal for your income, for your annual revenue, whatever it is, I would set that as a screensaver or a reminder to pop up on your phone. And this is a good way to call your intention to your goal without being like super obsessive and strangling the universe. This is like a really easy way for it to just be part of your subconscious programming. Hope that helps. Okay. We're moving on to the next one now. I'm definitely going to um, run out of voice, I think. I'm feeling a little bit gravelly in my voice. What is the first step to changing your mindset? I love this question. I get asked it all the time. I get asked it in interviews. I get asked it in like on radio interviews. I get asked it from clients all the time. What is the very first step to changing your mindset? And I think my answer here has evolved over the years. It has as the deeper I go into my journey and, and the clearer I get on the clients that I'm working with. It's, it's always different. But it, this foundation, if you're very new to this experience, the very first thing that I would recommend is starting with awareness. It's always about awareness. Like in, in a 12-step program, you can't get to step two without doing the like, hi, I'm Shona and, and I have a problem with my money mindset. Like awareness and recognizing it is always going to be the first step. So what I like to get my clients to do is to get it all out. If we're Voxer coach clients, like if we're Voxer coaching, one of the first days that we start Voxer coaching together, we'll be like, okay, baby girl, just dump it all out. Hit record and brain dump it all out on me. Where are you at? What's going on? What are you frustrated about? It's the same thing with money. And I want you to call awareness to where you currently are right now without judgment or shame. 
or fear or guilt and just be really fucking honest about your current relationship to money. So we often do this by writing an honest letter to money as if it was a person. And we feel like this really helps you to actually feel and process your emotions and figure out what's going on. So it's a really, really great way to become conscious of the thoughts and beliefs and energy around money, as well as this kind of acts as a benchmark to check your progress as you move forward. So this is the thing, like you write a money letter, you know, the first one I did, it was like, I fucking hate you money. And you're never there for me when I need you. And I'm so sick of you. And I just wish you weren't around like super toxic. And then I think it was about three months later after I'd started to begin to figure out this work and try different things and really focusing on healing my relationship with money. I wrote the letter again and it looked very different. Like there was still a long way to go, but it was a good way for me to see my progress. Yeah. And then once we've done that, we kind of, then we start to move forward to identify goals and we address limiting beliefs and, and all that type of stuff first. But the very first step is awareness. If you can't even admit you've got a fucked up relationship with money, if you can't even admit that you want more money, like we can't move on from there. So getting really honest is always the first step. And I feel like that's not what anyone wants to hear. (laughs) Everyone, when I say that, they're like, Oh, so it's not some like open this certain bank account and put 10% in and that will fix everything or say this one affirmation in the mirror every morning. I'm like, no, it's, it's the deep, uncomfortable stuff that people actually don't want to do that causes the biggest amount of change. And, you know, of course that's less marketable and that's less fun and people don't want to do it. (laughs) So, I mean, the people who do want to do it, the people are really going to make progress and move forward. Um, They push through that uncomfortableness and, and kind of get really honest with themselves but let's move on okay so next question was how do I stay consistent she says sometimes I'm amazing and then it's like I forget everything okay so this is a really good question and this is really normal this is super fucking normal and I think that what this means, number one, that you're a normal human being, especially if you're a woman, you've got cycles, you've got a hormone cycle, which means some days and some periods within the month, you're going to feel so fucking high vibe and amazing. And like you could conquer the world and you're ready to go hang out with your friends and you'll just feel like you're on top of the world. And then there's these weeks and parts of time during the month where you just don't want to talk to anyone. And you just want to completely hermit. So I think expecting this masculine energy consistency into um, the, the female way of running a business is it's just setting us up for failure a little bit. But in terms of that consistency, it's still really important. So I think it's really normal to have ebbs and flows in your business. But I also think that this can be a sign that you haven't found out what works for you yet because there's nothing wrong with accepting this like ebb and flow of life. But I think it comes down to sometimes there's different personality types and there's different learning styles and there's different levels of creativity and different ways of expressing yourself. So how I like to think of it is, is that what works for your best friend, what works for your husband, what works for your work wife, it might not work for you. And that's okay. Whether this comes down to something as basic as like posting consistently on social media for your business, or if this was something like, you know, doing the money mindset work, setting aside time every day to learn about money, or if this is something like, you know, having that consistent savings goal, I think it all boils back down to the same thing. 
So for me, I am a really big fan of set and forgets and systemizing things so that if I do have a down week, because this is the thing, you guys might not know this, I actually suffer from post-menstrual dysphoric disorder. I do need to do a podcast about this because it's quite a big topic. But basically there's, I have this amazing high vibe energy. And then when a couple of days before my period hits, I, I literally get like suicidally depressed just as due to my hormones fluctuating so massively with my PCOS and a whole bunch of other stuff that happens for me um, that it just triggers this insane depression out of nowhere. And, and there's a couple of days where I really struggle to even get out of bed. But if you looked at my business from the outside, if you are a client of mine, you would never know this is happening because I have a business and a system and a structure to make sure that regardless of whether I feel like showing up for my business that day or not, my business still continues to run. Yeah. And this is a lot of what I teach on in private coaching, in the overflow, in the sexy selfish elite is creating a business that is, is your brand, but it is also a separate entity that can, can continue to grow and thrive if you are stuck in a coma for six months. Right. So set and forgets when it comes to money, mindset work, manifestation work, consistency, all that type of stuff. So this is about programming my subconscious to keep forcing myself, sorry, programming my subconscious without forcing myself into a rigid routine and this like ritual based thing. What I notice is myself, I'm very like 100% or nothing. Um, what is it? My friends say she, she never half ass anything. She's always full ass, just full ass in 100%. And so that means in the past when I've like woken up and I've set a new goal of, okay, I'm going to go for a walk every single morning and I do it for two or three weeks. And then one Monday morning, I forget to set my alarm. I sleep through it and I wake up and I didn't go for my morning walk. I would beat myself up so hard. I would make that mean so much about me as a person. Like you're a piece of shit showing. You're so inconsistent. You're so lazy. Why can't you get it together? And what I think is that that energy is more damaging than just taking the morning off to sleep that extra half an hour. You know what I mean? So I think that that's really important to acknowledge as well. But when it comes to my business and when it comes to some of my manifestation stuff, I want to make sure that I am still tapping into that every day without that super conscious hard work feeling thoughts. So things like vision boards, things like affirmations stuck up around my home. I write myself checks to the universe all the time. I listen to morning motivation. I habit stack. So if I'm cooking dinner and the kids are happy, they're playing and doing whatever, I'll put my AirPods in and listen to a podcast. Like, so I'm consistently finding ways to maximize what I'm already doing to either stack more habits together or create things that happen passively in the background for me, like vision boarding, like the affirmations, all that type of stuff. It's these little five minute habits, like checking in with your money every day. When you have your first coffee in the morning, check in with your money or repeating a money mantra. Every time you stop at a red light, my mum always taught my sister and I, every time you stop at a red light or a stop sign, do 10 Kegel exercises, like pelvic floor exercises. And she taught us this from when we were like, like eight or nine, right? So my pelvic floor is like fucking tight. It's amazing. I've never had any problems during pregnancy. No, never experienced incontinence in my life. Like have this amazing pelvic floor. 
And even these days, if I stop at a red light, I instantly, like without conscious thought, start doing pelvic floor exercises. It took conscious work in the beginning, but now it is a part of everyday life. You think about how many stop signs you see, how many red lights you have to stop at. You know, how can you create a positive habit around that? It's like every time you have a morning coffee, how can you attach that morning coffee to something that you need to create a habit for? For me, it was checking in with my money every morning, right? So sometimes it's just these little things that can make a really big difference when it comes to consistency. And remember that it takes 28 days to make a habit. So if you choose a small goal every month and you do it every day until you've nailed it, this is the philosophy of the elite membership, by the way, which is why we have a monthly focus topic and we layer and layer and layer those topics over 12 months until you've got this incredible foundation we focus on a new topic every month because you're going to focus on one small thing and do it well and do it daily until it becomes normal. And then we're going to do the next thing. And then we're going to do the next thing instead of January 1st comes and you're like, I'm a brand new person with these 26 new habits to like nail every single day. (laughs) And it becomes too much and it becomes overwhelming. So that's kind of my energy and advice around consistency. All right, let's keep going. Wait, actually I need to pause two of these soundbite sections so (laughs) this podcast is going for longer than I thought it would okay the next question was do you believe in the saying you have to spend money to make money and here's my answer yes and no Yes and no, right? I believe that this saying is used to counteract the fear that we have of spending and releasing money. And But sometimes this, like you got to spend money to make money, I feel like sometimes it gets twisted into something beyond that. And what happens is people can use this idea to sell you something you probably don't need. They can use this in the toxic marketing and and feelings of like, you know, well, if you want to make it big, this is what you have to do. And I know I've even shared it in some recent posts of mine, the fact that like, you know, creating big money requires that you make big money moves because that's just a fact. Like I look at every one of my clients who is growing and scaling and hitting $200,000 months plus, and it took something uncomfortable. It took a leap of faith it took them like in buying a business or hiring a staff member before they were ready or working with a mentor or or, you know taking taking a leap somewhere they had to take a leap to get there so I know that that is true but I feel like some people use this in a twisted way in a way that does not benefit the greater good so that's why I'm going to say yes or no all of the things that require you to grow wealth also require that you invest money into them this is just basic maths right so businesses investing in stocks and shares real estate government bonds like whatever it is there is still some outlay for you investing is always going to be a key part of it because like yes you can manifest incredible things out of your life but it takes the inspired action from you first yes you can manifest incredible wealth but at some point you've got to have something to create that wealth with like a start point so investing is key. When we use this though as a excuse to buy fancy plants for our office or spend $60,000 on a website before we've even done market research if the product will fucking sell, that's when I believe that this piece of advice has gone too far, that it's been taken out of context because I have watched incredible businesses being built off of 
$500 that someone got from a tax check. You know, I have watched incredible businesses be built with investing, like investors putting money in to fund something, to fund a startup. So there's all different ways to do it. But I do firmly believe now after, you know, being in business 10 years, after coaching women over the past seven years in business, after, you know, looking at my own journey in investing to grow, to make money, I do believe if you want big money moves, big money, what am I trying? If you want to create big money, you've got to be comfortable making big money moves. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yes and no, but I, I do believe that, yeah. Okay, right. The next one, um, which is always a great question when you are an author, is someone asked me, what was the book that started it all for you? Here's the thing. I have read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. I read about four to six books a month. I am a reader. I am a speed reader. It's always been something, you know, I, I would just be up all night reading Harry Potter under the quilt covers with my torch. I'm a reader. Okay. Some people aren't a reader. That's cool. But if someone asked me the one book that started all for me, it's not one book in particular because I've read so many over my lifetime. And even the biggest, fattest, juiciest book might've had one line in it that made a really profound difference for me. But the books that I look back and I, th I think I think about the most that I reference and quote and that come to my front of mind the most would be number one would be Jim Rohn's Seasons of Life. It is a tiny little book, right? And this is the reason I think my, I wasn't concerned about the word count for my other books, Goodbye Money, Guilt and Hell Abundance. Like, didn't give a fuck that they were small books because I had this experience with this tiny book, Jim Rohn's Seasons of Life, that's tiny. It's such a small book. It's bit like it's not even width-wise bigger than a magazine. And yet this book has taught me so much. It just showed me that it doesn't have to be a massive book for it to have massive impact. So Jim Rohn's Seasons of Life is one of my favorite books. I reread it all the time because you can literally read it in like an hour and a half. And then the second one that I think shifted the most for me, not in business or not in money or anything, but in life, but it's had the most profound impact on my life, my relationship, my marriage, me as a woman would be Alison Armstrong's book, The Queen's Code. I feel like those are two very powerful books. If you're in the elite membership, you would have heard me talk about them before and share them with you guys. Because, yeah, I think that those would make the biggest difference on a life perspective, not just on a business or money perspective. Because we know you can have the most thriving business in the world and there's no fucking point if the rest of your life is falling apart. Yeah. Okay. Someone asked me the best way to manifest abundance and money to reach my goals. And this was my response to her because this is a podcast in itself i said i wrote two books about this one there's no standard best way there is only the way that works for you right because it's going to be different for everyone so my first book goodbye money girl works on your relationship with money the deep inner subconscious stuff healing those limiting beliefs identifying where your money mindset comes from and then my second book hello abundance this one is all about manifesting abundance with simple daily rituals so these are actions that you can take from a conscious place you've done the healing on the inner work and then hello abundance tells you how to like call that in in daily bite-sized ways so that was my answer for that question because i'm just like babe this is too big for the dms this is literally like literally i've written two books about this so go and check out the books right 
Okay, and I, yeah, I always recommend Goodbye Money Guilt first and then Hello Abundance second and then the Wealthy and Winning Journal. So it's kind of like it's a process, it's a system. The next question I got was, what course do you recommend a beginner starts with, right? And I know what you're thinking. This has been most opportunities where like if someone slides this into your DMs or a question box, this is the opportunity for the coach to be like, my course is the best thing you've ever done. And here's the payment link to join it. That is not how I answered this question, right? The first step is always, always my books because they are the most affordable way to access this work. So that's what I said to her. I said, I always recommend my books first. They're a really good price point. There's shit tons of information. Start with the books. And then there is my podcast, literally what you guys are listening to now. There is, I think, over 200 episodes on here. So when someone says, what course do you recommend a beginner start with? I honestly recommend my books. If you're a reading type of, like to hold something in your hand, learning style and if you're more of that audio like you're a busy bitch and you got a million things going on you're like book fucking when bitch when the fuck have i got time to have a book the podcast it is free content here for everyone even you might actually i was speaking about this in the overflow program the other day that my high level application for badass and bulletproof there's questions on there about like why do you want to work with me why do you want to work with me what have you done of mine already? What experience do you have with my brand? And basically vetting this person because I don't want someone coming into my highest level coaching who has never listened to a podcast episode, who's never read my book, who's never consumed anything of my content outside of an Instagram story or TikTok, because how do I know that they've done some foundation work and that they're ready for that level of coaching? So I always recommend when someone says, what do you recommend I start with? The books, the podcast, and then when you are ready, when you have done that, when you are certain and sure that you're ready for the next step, then you can join me in something like the elite or abundant as fuck. That's kind of my advice for you to get the most out of each one of these steps would be to do it that way. Okay. Right. <laughs> Okay, what am I doing here? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's it. That's it. Those are the questions that I had. And that is the podcast. So yeah, I hope you guys have gotten some value out of what I shared here today. Um, just answering those Q&As from women who answer the question box on Instagram. Um, and yes, yeah, I thought that some of those questions would be really beneficial for a lot more people to hear. And I hope this is kind of answered maybe a few questions that you might have about this work and what I do as a money mindset coach um, and how I teach because I know that it is different to other people in this industry and in this space the the way that I communicate and what I'm passionate about is different so anyway I hope you enjoyed today's podcast um, I'm looking forward to doing more of these Q&A styles on my Instagram so keep an eye out for that and if you have any feedback any further conversations slide on into my dms in, in on instagram and let's have a chat about it but i hope you have an amazing day and i'll see you on the next episode bye
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mums Manifesting Wealth podcast series by Shani Gates and Team Sexy Selfish. Please leave a like, comment, review and share and don't forget to subscribe. The more you share, the more people we can impact and the more awesome free content I can create for you all. If you're wondering where to go next or have some feedback for this episode, you can hit me up on Instagram at sexy underscore selfish or visit our website www.sexyselfish.com. We've got heaps of freebies there for you guys to check out as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Thank you.